It's almost the end of season three. Can you believe that? Man, I swear, this is, it just, it won't end. <laughs> Only two more episodes left to go in season three. And it, it just, it just will not end. I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone. I know we're only two episodes away from season four. But it's just, it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, I, I really do. I feel like in an episode of the Twilight Zone. So anyway, how are you guys doing? <laughs> this, <laughs> welcome to No Disclosure. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Anchor and Prevail Guitar Works. This podcast is where we go on the news, see what's going on in the world, and based to like fine, expensive turkeys and the sheer audacity and craziness that is our news media. People have to deal with a lot of junk in their lives, and with the climate things are in, no disclosure exists to not only improve your level of inner fanciness, but to hopefully take your mind off the disaster for a while. So let's get into it, do what we do best, and have a little fun. Shake off your shoes and set that mental bag of bricks down in the entryway of my mind. And let's begin. So before I get into it, um, I want to let everybody know. See, I love doing the off-topic segment. I love it because you never know where it's going to go. Never. You just, you know, we don't plan this stuff ahead of time. We just, you know, hit the recording and I find a guest, somebody that I think will, you know, has the personality for it and can roll with punches and weird questions. and You know, someone who's just got the mojo for it, right? I never know where it's going to go. We don't plan this stuff ahead of time. And uh, the conversation I had with uh, this last off topic with Samantha Montgomery with Sammy, uh, that one ended up being uh, one of my favorite episodes of off topic uh, episodes of No Disclosure. Period. Because the, things got uh, we talked about some pretty heavy stuff. We got pretty fucking real there, you know. And I've had a couple people reach out to me and, you know, thank me for talking about stuff like, uh, you know, not being afraid to talk about stuff like, you know, uh, depression and things that we're going through and the struggles that we have and, you know, uh, all, all that stuff. Uh, that, that one really, that episode really, uh, it really hit people and it's doing really well. I mean, I don't give a shit about lessons or views or, you know, whatever. I, I don't care. All I care about is people getting something out of it, and it seems like that episode, uh, a lot of you guys really got a lot out of it. So, I'm thankful for the messages and people saying that it has helped. That's 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 cool. I'm 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 glad to hear that. I have my coffee here. Cassie's actually here. Hi, Cassie. Hi. Oh, whoa! She said, "I hope I can hear that. I hope it didn't mix out." <clears throat> you said hi to the peoples. Mmm. Coffees. All right, so let's get into it. The first thing I see when I was sitting here thumbing through my phone while I was chatting with my babies is uh, something from UPI. Now, this is about the uh, ever-popular Bitcoin. But this story has a bit of a twist. You want to hear it? <laughs> January 14th. Stefan Thomas of San Francisco. Listen now says he made peace with forgetting his Bitcoin password that would have made him a millionaire. <laughs> Stay with me here. Thomas, who recently was featured, featured in the New York Times, has about $220 million worth of Bitcoin locked away on a hard drive that will erase its data after 10 password attempts. And guess what happened? Yes. He tried to put in the correct password eight times with no luck. The German-born programmer, a programmer no less, 
lost the piece of paper containing the password. I have questions already, but we'll get to those. <clears throat> you sort of question your own self-worth. What kind of person loses something this important, he said. It was actually a really big milestone in my life, where I sort of realized I was going to define my self-worth going forward. He's taking it well, apparently, losing 200-something million dollars. It wasn't going to be how much money I have in my bank account. He said he's told this story to help prevent other people from losing their fucking passwords, whatever. Okay, now, <laughs> I had no idea when I was reading this before <sighs> that this guy was a programmer. Shame on you, idiot. If you don't know how to back up a password other than just writing it down on a piece of paper, then you should not be buying any Bitcoin. <laughs> if you don't know how to operate a... This guy's a programmer on top of that? I'm glad he gave his name. So all of you people in and around Germany... I have listeners in Germany. Well, this guy... I mean, obviously he lives in the U.S. But if this guy does any programming work for you... Just go ahead and and hire somebody else, okay? You don't want anybody working on your shit that wasn't smart enough to back up a password. You know, Mr. Programmer Dude, you know that Google saves your passwords, right? And I have my passwords that I've uh, written down externally on other things, but I don't do it on a fucking sticky note. I don't do it. I don't put it on the fridge like it's a drawing from my kids. If you have substantial amounts built in in Bitcoin, then, you know, <laughs> you're going to do more than write yourself a little sticky note. I cannot believe how stupid that is. Guy loses millions of dollars in Bitcoin. <laughs> and I find out that he's a fucking programmer. <laughs> uh, this guy's going to be out of a job. And uh, I want to contribute to that. <laughs> stupid ass. Don't get any work done from this guy, okay? <laughs> now, I mean, he's taking it surprisingly well. You know, he's like, well, I would have had, you know, <laughs> never worry about money again. I'm a dumbass and forgot my password. So if you're sitting on 200 million in Bitcoin, see, Bitcoin, it didn't become, I don't know how much he invested, but it has gone up like 600% or something like that in the past few years. Is it something I would invest in? Uh, in small amounts, yeah. But it's not something I'd throw my whole nut into. Because my money uh, in my savings account is insured by, you know, the federal government. I know. Laugh. Now I'm saying, oh, I trust the federal government with something. Whatever. My money's insured. <laughs> and there's no guarantee. Everything dips and everything crashes and everything, all that. And plus, I got Cassie to deal with. So if I take our whole nut and put it into Bitcoin, there's a, a and I'm not going to tell you how much money I got, but we could turn it into, you know, me possibly not having to work anymore. Cassie, she won't let me do it. But if I did and Bitcoin crashes or whatever, I got to deal with her and it's not worth it. So I'm just going to keep it in our savings account with our negative well, 0.000002 interest rate. At this point, I'll be a millionaire by the time I'm 700. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Cassie doesn't have a microphone, so I can say whatever I want to. <laughs> but she's sitting right here. And I do have to cut this episode eventually. And she's patient. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am here to announce that this episode of No Disclosure will be a solid week long. Or until she forgets about it.
So, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> if you spent a gazillion dollars on Bitcoin, remember your fucking password. Okay, kids? Pro tip. Oh, speaking of uh, cool shit, have you guys seen this? Lizzie Borden's house is on sale right now. <laughs> it's true. As of January 12th in Massachusetts, in the lovely place of Massachusetts, Lizzie Borden's Bed and Breakfast Museum, the site of the infamous 1892 double homicide, is being listed for sale with an asking price of $2 million. And uh, if you if you you could totally buy that if you don't forget your damn bit Bitcoin password, as small potatoes. The Fall River House, which operates as a bed and breakfast with six bedrooms as well as a museum with guided tours, is currently being listed online for two million simoleons. The house is the site of the August fourth, eighteen ninety two, double homicide of Andrew and Abby Borden. Andrew Borden's daughter, Lizzie, was put on trial for the murders, but was acquitted. The case remains unsolved. Blah, 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 blah. The listing states that the current owner is uh, selling due to retirement. The sale includes the business, trademarks, and, uh uh-huh, the intellectual rights. Mmm, pretty neat. So, yeah, you could, um... Ah. Damn it! Stupid chair. You could, uh, for $2 million, you could own a house that someone was, like, axed to death in. How cool is that? But I don't have to spend $2 million. I mean, I know it's an infamous case and stuff like that. It's a piece of history, right? But, I mean, I don't need $2 million to live in a place somebody got hatcheted to death. You know? If uh, it's... I mean, and it'll be a part of history anyway, the way that I have, you know, the way that I'm, I have an idea and I don't need to spend $2 million to do it. If I have a headache and Eli is playing Minecraft really loud again, I swear to God, I'm going to hatch it the back of his fucking head when he's not looking. And then I'll get to live in a house someone got hatcheted in and I don't have to spend $2 million to do it. I love this kid. He's a he's a wonderful kid. He's really bright. He's awesome. But if he ever became the U.S. president and wanted to address the entire country, he wouldn't need a microphone. Have you ever met one of those people that's just, you know, you know it's just boisterous? Their voice just carries, but they don't know that. They don't know that they're, they just, have you ever met anybody like that? Their voice is just, it's at a certain pitch. It's just at a certain pitch to where, they could uh, address 40,000 Israelites while their face is covered in bubble wrap. You know what I mean? I love this kid. But he may not live to be 20. So, uh, let's see, UPI, what else we got? And he's sitting right here, too. Hi, Eli. Ah. Charge Jetty. Okay. What's this about David Hasselhoff? David Hasselhoff. Uh, no. Cassie, guess what? The customized Pontiac Firebird Trans Am that portrayed David Hasselhoff's crime-fighting partner, Kit, in 1980's Knight Rider is being auctioned by David Hasselhoff online. I know what I want to do with my life now. Our whole savings? Now I got it. Hasselhoff, hey, at least I'm not doing the Bitcoin thing. Now I, I have goals now. And this is a done deal. Hasselhoff, who took ownership of the black vehicle after the series run ended, is currently available for sale 
on liveauctioneers.com. Oh my God, he's selling kit. The auction, scheduled to end January 23rd, has reached a high bid of... Oh, look, it's only $975,000. We'll have money left. We'll have money left. All I got to do is do the Bitcoin thing. I got to find out what the hell my password was, but I got to go back in there and, you know, get the uh, $200 million or whatever, and we'll have money left. Okay, great. As of Thursday afternoon, far exceeding the auctioneer's estimate of one seventy-five to 300000 Lot winner... Responsible for delivery expense if hammer price exceeds 25% of blah, 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 The actor is auctioning off a wide range of official merchandise. <laughs> I went there. Including a Baywatch pinball machine. Ooh, I want a Baywatch pinball machine. And a 14-foot model of Hasselhoff's body used in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Did you guys know that? In the movie where uh, Spongebob and Patrick are trying to escape the mighty Dennis at the end of the uh, first film, they uh, constructed this massive, (laughs) absolutely massive, 14-foot-long replica, head-to-toe, of David Hasselhoff that they could film on and, you know, uh, animate the stuff over that. They let the Hoff keep it (laughs) after the film. So, yeah, um, you could potentially own a not only a piece of cinematic history and cartoon history, but you could own a 14-foot-long replica of David Hasselhoff in swim trunks with a big, goofy grin on his face. Uh, but Kit, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a big one. That's pretty awesome. I need more coffee. How, how is... <laughs> How's everybody else doing? Everybody fancy? Mmm. I made coffee good this morning. Is it, is it, did you, have you had any yet, Cassie? Is it stout? Did I make it kind of heavy? It tastes fine, she says. Oh, I'm, I'm what? Aw, uh, she said I'm the best man ever. She's sitting far away from the microphone so you guys didn't hear it. Plywood, whoa. Plywood crashes through a woman's windshield on a Florida highway. That's scary. A Florida woman said she was lucky to walk as she survived it too. Said she was lucky to walk away alive and uninjured after a piece of plywood fell from a lumber truck that crashed through her windshield. Stephanie Williams of Port Charlotte said on Interstate 75 near I-90, blah blah blah. So, uh, or exit 90. But uh, I mean, that's that's awesome. That's miraculous that she survived that. Uh, look at the pictures. Uh, go on and Google uh, where to go. Stephanie Williams, Port Charlotte. Uh, windshield, you know, crash, windshield, whatever. Uh, you'll find it. But that's uh, that's pretty miraculous. She walked away from it. Have you guys ever seen that video? I know because it, it did make the rounds, but it's kind of hard to find because it's it's pretty brutal shit. Of, uh, I think it, it was in some other country. Was it Russia or something? This man and woman was driving down the road. And this freaking, like, it was either, I, I think it was a brick. Something like that. It flies off of this other car instantly. I mean instantly. Killed the woman that was sitting next to him. And the dash cam caught it all. It was uh, it was scary stuff. Uh, it, that brick came through the windshield like it was launched out of a, uh, a fucking cannon. It was nuts, man. I'm, I'm glad that Miss Ladyface is okay. That's, that's some scary shit. Now look at the pictures, man. Wow. 
What's this? <laughs> well, this woman's having a shitty day. French, <laughs> this is, what's this from? Oh, it's from the Huffle Puffleton. Huffington Post. Uh, ah, names. Jean Pouchain? <laughs> uh, I'm going to call her... Uh, I, I can't pronounce this. I can't pronounce this. Jeanne Pouchain? Jeanne Pouchain. I'm going to call her... Uh, what? Uh, help me, Eli. Uh, I don't know. David Hasselhoff. Uh, oh, wait, it's a woman. Um, Jeanette Hasselhoff. So Jeanette Hasselhoff, is this a woman in France? Uh, her status as de- <laughs> her st- <laughs> listen, her status as deceased as the result of a court decision that deemed her dead, even though no no death certificate was produced. So I, I got to read into this. French woman name face has an unusual problem. She's officially dead, according to the government. She's been trying for three years to prove that she is in fact alive. <laughs> The 58-year-old woman says she lives in constant fear, not daring to leave her house in the village of St. Joseph in the Loire region. Authorities seized her car over an unpaid debt, she contests, and which is at the center of her trouble. She fears the family furniture will be next. This is a legitimate thing. I know it's weird news and stuff, but this has happened to people. Imagine if uh, through some kind of paperwork misfiling or some kind of fuck up here or there, you were declared dead. Imagine what that would do to your financial situation, your job. And this is a real deal, and it does happen to people. Her status has prevented her and her husband, who is her legal beneficiary, along with her son, from using their joint bank account. See? Being declared deceased has, dis- has deprived her of her critical amenities. I no longer resist, she says. But, uh, you know, the wordplay is funny, right? I mean, she's trying to convince the local courts in her area that she's alive. <laughs> so she shows up in court. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here, you know, kind of still breathing. How was she declared dead in the first place? Uh, her status as deceased, that's what I'm interested in, is the result of a 2017 lying court decision that deemed her dead, even though no certificate was produced. The decision came at the end of a legal dispute with an employee of her former cleaning company, who was seeking compensation after losing her job 20 years ago. Oh, so because of some asshole doing some underhanded shit, some gangster doing gangster shit, she ends up being declared dead. I mean, come on. that This should be easy to turn around, right? I would imagine. Uh, snowballing judicial errors on top of that ended with the 2017 rule. See, it's, it's a snowball thing. Uh, appeals court aligned that uh, Lady Face Hasselhoff was not among the living. <laughs> um, she contested, yes, I am very much alive. Her husband and son were left with an order to pay 14,000 euros, which is about 17 grand here, to the former employee, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty spooky. Being declared dead and having to try to... Convince the authorities, even though you showed up to court. <laughs> I know you can't just, you know, say, oh, hey, I'm this person or whatever, and try to get their estate. That's a, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the likelihood of that or how often that kind of shit happens, but I'm sure that it has happened before. Uh, the famous serial killer 
H.H. H. Holmes used to do that. And I'm sure he's not the only one. He's probably the most famous. They used to do these insurance scams, you know, would pose as these other people and stuff. That that must be terrifying. That <laughs> must be terrifying. Uh, uh, that was a good story, all my living and dead friends. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Also from the Hufflepuffleton. This is very clickbaity, but you know what? It's perking my ears up a little bit. The horrifying reason you should never, ever eat an icicle. Is this going to be one? Uh, it's clickbaity. I know, I know. But I really want to read it. <laughs> because, uh, you know, I'm from San Diego, right? And I moved to Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask me how that happened. Uh, <laughs> moved to Iowa when I was 13. Ended up staying there for nine years. Now I'm in Kentucky. Ask me how that happened, too. My life has been very odd. But anyway... Uh, I had never seen snow. We even went up into the mountains and shit. I saw a turd of snow one time. It was a, it, like less than, uh, it was smaller than the size of my foot. And I was like eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, up in the uh, Palomar Mountain region. Uh, it was, a, I saw a snow turd. And it was the only one around. No snow anywhere else. But I didn't see snow snow until I woke up in the hotel that first night that we'd been in Iowa, it snowed heavy overnight, man. And it just, it blew my mind. And uh, needless to say, I've definitely eaten my share of icicles. Because, you know, if you've never grown up with that, like people who've never seen the ocean before, you know, you just, you, you do these silly little things to soak it in, you know what I mean? Because you've never done it. And everybody's looking at you like crazy because you're eating, you know, icicles. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's manna from heaven or something. But they don't realize that, you know, everybody in that area had done it probably once or twice as a kid, you know, and shit like that. You've never done it. So, you know, you're uh, you're experiencing this much later in life and you're enjoying it because it wasn't normal to you. But anyway, uh, what's wrong with the icicle? <laughs> it's not not just the yellow snow you have to watch out for, apparently. Uh, while it might be tempting to chomp on an icicle, they can also be extremely gross. Well, I would imagine they're hanging off of gutters and shit, which is why one meteorologist is warning against plucking one off your home and taking a bite off or licking it. Please don't do that. Katie Nicol... Nick... Nick... Nicolowow? Nicolowow? Of KMEG... The CBS affiliate in Sioux City said in a TikTok video. <coughs> is TikTok the new Jared Fogle of no disclosure? Seriously, is it the new R. Kelly? The new Jetpack Man? Is this going to be our thing now? To where TikTok just manages to creep its way into every fucking episode? Anyway, C CBS affili affiliate said on a TikTok video. When icicles form, it's from water that melts off your roof and runs down the side of a building. Well, here's the thing. What else is on your roof? Bird dookie. A lot of it. And that water picks it up and freezes it in the ice. You are eating particles of poop. Well, I mean, <laughs> you could make that a, you know, that that's just a given. I already knew that. Now, how do you think my immune system got so awesome? You need to ingest a little bit of the germages, people. You can't live in a whole life in a plastic bubble and expect to have any kind of awesome immune system. You know, you have to build that up. 
Go play in the dirt. Go pick up worms. Eat that dog turd. You know what I mean? You have to you have to expose yourself to this to be able to have an awesome immune system. So your kids, they see that painted over white piece of dog shit on the side of the road, let them eat it. It's going to build up their immune system. If you know, your kid wants the my first uh, depleted uranium science kit, how else are they going to survive in the world? Let them do it. No gloves, baby. <laughs> Plus, I hear people with uh, three eyes have awesome peripheral vision. So, uh, yeah, uh, she was referring to springtails, which the Farmer's Almanac said weren't technically fleas. Okay, fleas? Whoa, 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 wait a second. On Twitter, she urged people not to eat snow either and said there was a video that contains an insect known as snow fleas. Okay, whatever. Is this the same bitch that told people that you shouldn't eat cookie dough? Because it contains raw eggs. You don't need to eat cookie dough because it's got raw eggs in it. I grew up eating cookie dough. And I turned out kind of okay, but I didn't get, like, sick or anything. Maybe that's why I am the way I am. Cassie, you ate... Uh, I mean, every, every kid did. Yeah, you ate cookie dough. And you're you're normal. So I guess that's not what happened to me. Mom... Did you drop me on my head? <laughs> my mom did not drop me on my head, okay? <laughs> it's going to get back to her, and she's going to get all butt hurt and blast me on Facebook or something. <laughs> no, she was uh, she was a monster on her own without having to do any of that. Uh, <laughs> what? This is probably the same woman that said, you know, you can't eat the cookie dough, right? Because it's got raw eggs in it. Man, I grew up eating that shit. Every time my grandma made cookies, she'd give us a cookie dough. Come on. Now you have this edible cookie dough. I love seeing that on the packages. You go to the store and say, oh, edible cookie dough. Cookie dough is fucking edible. It goes back to the immune... It goes back to the immune system thing. I mean, take your showers, brush your teeth, do what you gotta do. But like I said, expose yourself every once in a while to these things. Build up that immune system. You don't want to be like one of these anti-vaxxer trash that they're, you know, kids are going to end up mutated in 20 years if they even survive that long. You, you know, uh, <laughs> don't go nuts on that hand sanitizer, okay? Eat raw cookie dough. Like I said, you see that dog turd? Go ahead. Eat it. Just, you know. <laughs> you see that hissing cockroach on the ground? Give it a little nibble. So, uh, let's just keep, let's keep, hey, the weenie mobile. I saw a picture of the weenie mobile. Please be a story. Please. Uh, what is this? Damn it. Yes. Oscar, oh, Oscar Meyer is hiring people to drive the wiener mobile. They want people to drive the wiener mobile. Oh my God. Applications are being accepted for this dream job. No shit. Deadline, January 31st. Dude, I'm applying for this. I already got a job. I don't give a shit. Have you been looking for something that will stand out on your resume? Well, yeah. Are you the kind of person who wants to work your buns off while meeting? <laughs> hot dog. Oh, that's a bad word to use. <laughs> M-E-A-T-I-N-G, hot dog fans. Meeting hot dog fans. Well, I've seen some pretty dang good looking hot dog fans. But I'm taking. I can't be meeting 
every hot dog fan I see. But I will drive the Wienermobile. That's badass. Maybe you just always dreamed about driving a weird car. This may be your lucky day because Oscar Mayer, listen kids, is looking to hire a new crew of hot doggers to drive the Wienermobile. Dude. <laughs> what does this pay? I don't care what, you know what, I don't give a shit what it pays. The Chicago-based company, it's in Chicago? It's in Chicago? You grew up around that area. Uh, well, I mean, you're, that's your stomping grounds. No, it's not. Uh, don't, lie, don't lie to me. I know where you're from. You're from, <laughs> you're from Ballard County. No, I'm not. Ballard County, Tennessee. No, not. When you were seven, you moved to Istanbul, Turkey. And you spent some time in Chicago. You know all about them Oscar Myers. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. But, you know, you, you spent time in Chicago. Yeah, when I was little. I know. Your dad practically lived in Chicago. Well, dead, I guess, for a long time. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Oscar Mayer Weenie Mobile? Down here. Anywhere. Down here. You have it. You've seen it down here. Yes. It's passed through here. Yes. Really? When? Years ago. It needs to come back. Damn it! I've never seen it. I've never seen the Weenie Mobile. I think it was at Southside Walmart one time. It was at the Walmart. I think so. Cool. <laughs> I want to drive the Weenie Mobile. It's looking for recent college graduates. Damn. Okay, we need to look up, like, really, really quick things that I could graduate from real quick. Is there, like, a two-week program somewhere? <laughs> like, with the University of Phoenix or whatever. Damn it. Recent college graduates. Why? Why, can, why won't they take old fat people like me? I want to drive the weenie mobile, damn it. To take on the one-year paid job. I don't care if it's paid or not. You're driving the fucking weenie mobile. Crisscrossing the country in an iconic 27-foot-long hot dog-shaped vehicle. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, it looks so glorious. That's oh, the coolest car ever. The gig will last from June 2021 through June 2022 following a two-week training session. Oscar Mayer's Hot Doggers will represent the company at various events like media appearances, charity functions, and other celebrations. This will be Oscar Mayer's 34th class of hot doggers. They will stop at more than 200 events during the year, appearing in local news, and creating social media content for Oscar Mayer. Ah, oh, the weenie mobile. I want to see what it looks like inside. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. They're hiring people. People. They're hiring people to drive the Weenie Mobile. Yes. How awesome is that? So, kids, if you're a recent college graduate and, you know, like exactly the opposite of me, then you could drive the Weenie Mobile. And I want to live vicariously through you. So, if you get the job after listening to this on No Disclosure, you owe me. And I want to see like photos and stuff. Do a blog from inside the car, not while you're driving. But, you know, set your cell phone up on the dash, and I, I got to see this. <laughs> mm. I want to live vicariously through you. Uh, what is this? Have you guys heard about the uh, uh, the guy who lived at a Chicago airport for, like, three months? <laughs> the virus made him too scared to fly home. His name was, uh, uh, damn it, names. Why can't I... Okay, why well, can I? <laughs> All right, let, let's let's at least attempt this one. Uh, Ditya Singh. 
I did you sing. I did you sing about the Chicago airport. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean, mean to make fun of your name. Has been charged with <laughs> felony criminal trespassing. Damn. That's heavy. To a restricted area of an airport and misdemeanor theft. 36-year-old man lived undetected in a secure section of O'Hare International Airport. Cassie asked me this. When this news broke, how does a man live in an airport for months? You know what my reply was? Have you ever been to O'Hare? Have you guys ever been to O'Hare? There's probably bigger airports out there. But this is the most spread out fucking airport I've ever been into in my life. It's a city. O'Hare is enormous. If you took the Mall of America, all the floors, and spread them out in one floor, you know, O'Hare's still going to be bigger. I shit you not. It is the biggest airport I've ever seen. It is a self-contained city. I can see how someone could live at O'Hare for months without anybody noticing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I totally get that. Uh, what happened was he arrived in Chicago on a, f- on a flight from uh, L.A. on the 19th of October. He survived on food from other passengers. He's unemployed and lives in the city of Orange, California. It's unclear why he was in Chicago, but uh, apparently... Not apparently. I mean, this is uh, proven. He was living at the airport for months. Now, why did he get charged with theft? I know this. He was he uh, he said he was scared to fly home because of COVID. Is that true? Assistant State Attorney Kathleen Haggerty said she he lowered his face mask before showing them an airport ID badge, which he had reportedly found. He eventually stated he was scared to go home because of COVID. The badge apparently belonged to an operations manager who had reported it missing on the 26th of October. Uh, okay, I, I kind of see why this guy is charged now. I didn't know the full background of the thing. Because you've heard of people from other countries and stuff, and then they go fly somewhere. And something happens in their country or whatever, they're unable to fly home. There have been cases here and there where uh, the airport will either purposely turn a kind of a blind eye to it and say, well, do what you got to do. And uh, we see on the security camera, my guy's just going to make a chicken sandwich and forget he saw you. That shit happens. Um, or, you know, people, it, it, it it happens, and they're not charged. I, but I, I can kind of see why this guy is. It sounds a little cuckoo, to be honest. I don't know his particular situation. I understand he was afraid of COVID and stuff. But this is an airport, <laughs> okay? This is, uh, yeah, now now you're fucking with federal when you start messing around with an airport. Uh, yeah, living in an airport, not not a good thing. <laughs> I'm, say, I'm not surprised that he got away with it for so long. Matter of fact, I'm surprised they caught him this quickly. Uh, let's see. If he's able to post a $1,000 bail, he'll be barred from entering the airport. Well, duh. The court finds these facts and circumstances quite shocking, shocking for the alleged period of time. I am not shocked by this whatsoever. Apparently, even the people at O'Hare don't even realize how big O'Hare is. Uh, it's a huge airport. Yeah, I can see that, how he lived uh, there for that long. Said he was too scared to fly home because of COVID. And uh, he's an unemployed guy who lives in Orange, California. Anyway, there's a lot of meat in that story in there. <laughs> uh, what is this? Ugh, damn it. My nose is just clogged up, man. 
I'm going to have to mix out like 80 sniffs. Let's check out the mirror, see what's going on. Mirror in the UK. Ooh, this one's saucy. Eli's out of the room. Okay. A woman has an epic reply to a neighbor's note telling her to stop screaming during intercourse. Let's hear about this. A woman has received, has revealed, rather. <laughs> she received too, didn't she? <laughs> Freudian slip there. Has revealed she was shamed by her neighbors for screaming like a pig, quote unquote, during coitus. The woman from the UK who goes under the screen name, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know why they did, explained that after a night of passionate lovemaking, she received an angry note from one of her neighbors. Sharing a picture of the handwritten letter on Twitter, it read, Can you please stop screaming like a pig at death o'clock when you're effing? <laughs> We're sick of it. Signed, The Neighbors. Seeing the funny side of things, she captioned the snap. I personally thought I sounded like the herbal essence woman, when I go off, but I guess not. <laughs> Since posting on Twitter, the note has received, listen, more than 21,000 likes and 1,100 retweets. It was also flooded with dozens of comments from people supporting her because she lives next door to a Karen. <laughs> I met the freaking balls on that breath. Like, you scream like a pig during sex. You need to cut it out. I don't know. Maybe this woman goes a little too wild. Uh, <laughs> noise complaint thing. But that's a pretty epic way to handle it. You're like, fuck, fuck this neighbor. I'm posting this shit on Twitter. <laughs> that's awesome. You show that Karen a thing or two. And yeah, she is a Karen. At least they have manners. That's what I'm taking away from it. Another said, I, okay, I don't care what other people's stories are. <laughs> this is the epic one. Another person wrote, another person wrote, a third party wrote, another joke. Jeez, Mirror. Good grief. So anyway... <laughs> Man, I thought there was going to be more to that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, a woman, uh, whenever she's touched in her funny spot, starts screaming like the Herbal Essences woman. And the neighbor doesn't like it. Sent her a nasty note. Very uncool, by the way, Miss N Neighbor Karen. So this one, this other woman, Herbal Essences lady, we'll call her. She has balls of steel posted on social media, and it goes viral. <laughs> So everybody knows how much of a Karen her neighbor is. I like how much that backfired on the neighbor. That's cool. I love shit like that. Uh, wow, we're already at 38 minutes. Ah, uh, there's so many articles that are awesome. <laughs> I might have to do these next week, guys. Okay, let's put. Uh, uh, let's find one more juicy one. Juicy one. Skibbity bop bow. Well, we can always count on the mirror for really good stuff. What's this? Of course, the mirror has to load the page four times. What is this? I see a picture of a pink bathtub. Fuming mom claims lush bath bomb stained the tub pink permanently, and no amount of scrubbing will fix it. Oh, my God. You guys got to see this. <laughs> Google it. Look up, uh, what is this? Mirror UK pink bathtub. Have you guys ever seen Ghostbusters 2? And, you know, they create this slime to take down, you know, the, uh, the the big bad guy at the end, right? They have this special slime that they use, you know, that purple stuff. And then it's like running under New York City, you know, this river of slime. That's what this shit looks like. <laughs> that That's what looks like stained the, the tub. Uh, I love bath bombs. 
I really do. But I don't like what they do to my tub. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I absolutely love bath bombs. But I don't buy them as, as often as I want to or as much as I did because cleaning the tub after that is a pain in the ass. It, all the soap scum in the world it, it sticks to it. It gets really oily and really filmy. It's not worth it, man. It's not worth it because I got to bend over and get, you know, you're all clean. Now you got to bend over and get the cleanser and clean out the tub, which is why now I get, I still use my bath bombs, but I just bathe in the toilet. Mmm. Ah, coffee. But yeah, you got to see this thing. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> lush bath bomb. In a post on Facebook, Belinda Hill, thank you for having a normal name. I knew I loved you, Australia. Shared a look at her brightly colored bath and explained that no amount of scrubbing was removing the marks. She asked the fellow parents of moms who couldn't clean and organize for some help on how to clean the tub after Jeff had failed to do the trick. Alongside the snap of her bathroom, the mom wrote, my daughter used a lush bath bomb. We try. I guess these are products in Australia. I, I don't know what these things are. We tried Jeff and Gumption so far, and it comes up with a lot of scrubbing, but not fully. Apparently, everything that people are suggesting to her is not working, and her tub is permanently pink. I don't know. Uh, when life hands you lemonade, make lemons. You know what I mean? I would roll with it. Uh, that's that. That's a pretty cool pink toilet. I mean, who? I'm a toilet. <laughs> a pink bathtub, rather. I'm only saying that because I bathe in the toilet now. But uh, a pink bathtub. I mean, who wouldn't want a pink bathtub? That's. The, I would just roll with that. I think it's cool looking. Let's do one more. Just one. All right. Uh, let's check uh, IFL Science, which does stand for I Fucking Love Science. One of my favorite websites. Do, 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 do. Oh, this is cool. Gene therapy allows paralyzed mice to walk again. Ah, interesting. For the first time, researchers have managed to restore movement in mice that had suffered a complete spinal cord crush. Ah, thanks to the development of a signaling protein <coughs> called, sorry, <laughs> called hyperinterleukin. Describing their methods in the journal Nature Communications, the study authors explain how they used gene therapy in order to stimulate the animal's neurons to start producing the protein itself, causing the damaged nerve cells to regrow in just a few weeks. Wow. There's still no effective treatments for the restoration of severe nerve fiber, uh, severed nerve fibers in the spinal cord, but this is a major step forward. A team of researchers recently demonstrated that HIL-6, which is that thing I just said, can in fact cause damaged axons to regenerate in the visual cortex, a type of signaling mo uh, molecule known as cytokine does not occur naturally and can only be produced via genetic engineering. So this is showing some major promise here. That is awesome. Uh, I I really hope it I really hope it does something uh, because uh, it's it's always something we've been aware of, people with spinal injuries and what they go through. But it wasn't until it happened to Christopher Reeve, and you know that really brought it into my consciousness. And I know he did that for a lot of people too. He brought it into the home. He made it a thing that. Uh, everybody knows about now and it's not just some far-fetched idea that oh yeah i know this happens to people but it you know it's it, it 
You know, it's like this mythical thing inside your head, right? At least for me, it was. I was aware that spinal injuries and stuff like that were a thing. And doing research like this was necessary. But it didn't really pop into my consciousness until Christopher Reeve got it. And the man's a hero. He did some great things for people with spinal injuries. Great things for the research. And when I see something like this, I I really do hope that this research yields some results and can get these people to be mobile again, get them to walk again, or at least uh, ease the effects of the paralysis or back it off. You know what I mean? Every time I see something like this, man, I I wish that uh, Christopher Reeve was around to see this or that we could have helped him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cool. I, I really hope something comes of that research. But anyway, kids, we are out of time. I know. <laughs> I was scrolling through there and I keep seeing these awesome articles. I will definitely have something for next week for sure, because there's some shit I really wanted to read. <laughs> I won't mention it here because, you know, I, I don't, I don't want anybody to be too squirmy before next week. I want next week to be a surprise, kids. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for this week. And remember to go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com. People still send me messages saying, okay, well, I heard it on the podcast and I can't get to it. Asylum817.com. All together now. Asylum817.com. That's what? Alpha Sierra Yankee Lima Uniform Mike 817.com. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought that's all I needed to say. So, yeah, just go on Asylum817.com for all things me and no disclosure related. Links to our Twitter and Facebook pages are there, as well as a link to get yourself a no disclosure T-shirt. Yes. So you can not only be fancy, but look fancy as well. Get you one. They're actually really, really well-made shirts. So stop by. Remember to share no disclosure with everybody. If you wish to support the show, hit that support button or head to Patreon.com slash Asylum817. That's patreon.com slash asylum817. Speaking of patrons, shout out to them. Aaron and Amanda Kunkel of the Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel. Kristen Belt, Michelle Rush, you guys keep this thing going. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, my babies. I love you all. And be fancy. Ha! Everybody's going to believe that you are from, like, Turkey and stuff. Because I've been here for 75 episodes, and you haven't, haven't, Cassie. They believe me. We're in this together, damn it. <laughs> oh, shit, it's still recording. Need to know, it's the basis here. No disclosure, business, business, confiscate.